Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the 442 podcast, where we'll be taking an in-depth look at some of the biggest features in the latest edition of our magazine and tackling all that's worth talking about in the world of football. I'm James Brown, Editor-in-Chief of the magazine, and joining me today to delve a little deeper into his Man City piece is writer and Man City fan, Steve Anglesey. Hello. And joining Steve and I is the writer and biographer of Jurgen Klopp, Raf Honigstein. Hello. And a Bayern Munich fan, we should say as well. I'm not a Liverpool fan. It's worse than that. I'm a member. Pardon? I'm a member of Bayern Munich. Oh, okay. Not a fan. Are you a member of, of Man City? I don't even know what that means. What does it mean to be a member of Bayern Munich? Well, Bayern Munich, unlike other clubs which are owned by oligarchs and shikes and so on, is this actually is still controlled by, by their members. The members vote in the president and vote them out if they don't like him. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Democracy, that wouldn't happen. It'll never, club. it'll never it, catch if on. If you dared bring that up at Man City, you'd be beheaded. Oh. <laughs> in, in City Square, possibly. There goes the Aguero interview. <laughs> right, anyway, Steve, uh, you've done, uh, uh, well, it's my favourite new, new section we've introduced in the magazine, um, the best and worst feature, which is a chance for a fan who's also a writer to reflect on the best and worst of the club's past. Yes. And it would have been a few years ago, it would have been the worst and worst. <laughs> and so, now... Uh, now, obviously, your first choice as best manager ever is Guardiola. Yes. Uh, wh- what's he brought to Man City? Well, I mean, calm authority, which I think are two things that are not... Two words that are not really... I've never really been associated with Manchester City. Even when we won the, the, even after the money came and we won the league titles, that the you wouldn't associate either of those two titles with, you know, the second one was a sort of Liverpool helped by collapsing. The first one obviously was the the chaos of the final day. The 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 other trophy, the FA Cup and the League Cups that were won, were not really won in a convincing way. And there's something about. Guardiola isn't there that that just exudes this thing he's got a plan and I think that there is you know in 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 business and in journalism the the managers that I've responded to most have been you know they've not been people who shouted at you and made you scared occasionally you, you you know you do respond to that and you're determined to prove people wrong but there's something about him, a quietness and a calm, and he talks about calm a lot. Um, he get, He's able to get his point of view across in a very direct way. There is a sort of defined, series of defined expectations which people meet. And um, and I think, you know, his record in developing players is, is also great. You know, I think the way he's developed Sterling has been fantastic. Uh, he's helped Sterling to fulfil his potential. But even somebody like Otamendi, who when he arrived was reckless and I'm saying this and I know now know that he will ruin the end of the season by diving in uh, in various games. But the, the way that he's developed a player like that, you know. So 
he is he's easily the best manager um, that, that that I have seen for those reasons. Rafa, would, is calm a word you'd associate yeah, yeah. with the subject of your book? No, I wouldn't associate it with Guardiola either. I think no, he's, he's I absolutely hysterical. And uh, <laughs> I mean, the book's called "Bring the Noise." Yeah, I mean that's that's Klopp, obviously, but um, I think they have su- they have some similarities. But the football looks different. Um, yeah. I think Manchester City's football and, and level of excellence exudes a calmness. That's what I. Calm. Yeah, yeah. I think Guardiola is actually very intense, more intense than than Klopp, who I think is off the pitch. And perhaps increasingly on the pitch, I mean, on the sidelines, a little bit calmer, but certainly used the energy and used that kind of uh, firebrand um, management style, you know, management by hand grenade almost to, to light up a place y- and is that a great description energy. Is of him or his own? Um, I think I've nicked that from Henry Winter about, uh, he wrote about Diego Simeone once, or maybe okay. it was Jose, but um, <laughs> I'm not original enough to come up with stuff like that. But what the uh, Just briefly about the title, Bring the Noise. Yeah. Is is he a public enemy fan or, or are you? Uh, it's me, yeah. <laughs> okay. I am, yeah. Great title. Thank you very much. And th- what, what interests me about um, both clubs right now is they both have waited in a certain respect. Now, obviously, as soon as Man City got the money, they, they splashed out 50 million straight away on a player, which was a phenomenal amount. The player didn't know which club in Manchester he was going to. And there's been a lot of talk about the many money, but they waited until they could get Guardiola and had him. And the same with Liverpool at the moment. They didn't wait for Klopp, but they're wait, they've been waiting whilst he's been there and gradually getting better and better each year. I mean, there was a period... Some maybe a year into his management, when people, some of the fans seem to seem to get a little bit disaffected, and maybe he wasn't doing that much better than Rodgers. But actually, overall, Liverpool are in a better place now, aren't they? Oh, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, I mean, they've become competitive for the biggest trophies in in European and club football again, which was certainly not the case in 2015, where they had really lost them themselves. They were mediocre. They were mid-table. They were going to play like Real Madrid playing the second team because they thought we we're going to get beat anyway. All the sort of things that if you're a supporter of Liverpool, you just think this is totally unacceptable. And, you know, Klopp still hasn't won anything, but the reason why the people above him and the fans have bought into him is because they can all see where this is going. They can see players being improved. They can see the team getting better and better in terms of results. They can see the team uh, being going deep into European competition for the third time in three attempts. He's never not made it to, to a final of a European competition with Liverpool, which is pretty pretty good going. And, you know, sp- especially with Liverpool, more so than at City, the cult of the manager is so strong. And he's been able to live up to that yeah. I- in a sense that I don't think anyone since Rafa Benitez has been able to do. And with him, it seems to be more sustainable because the club, uh, independently of him, is set up in a much more uh, sustainable way. And they absolutely love him because they feel that they can trust him with the money. You know, it's not so much that they weren't prepared to pay big or they were waiting on certain things. It's because they trust Klopp to spend the money wisely that we now see Liverpool making the kind of moves that we haven't seen from them over the last 10 years or so. And can I just something ask you just before we started there? Um, there was a lot of rumours that, that Klopp was going to come to the Premier League. Did he have a preferred team 
before he was hired by Liverpool. Was there a, in the in in the process of researching your book, did you come across any evidence that there was a team that he wanted to join? Like many people in in Germany, I think he had a natural affinity with Liverpool because Liverpool has always been the second team for a lot of Germans, especially of his generation. You know, if you have some kind of vague idea of English football, then Liverpool would have been the first team that comes up mm. in the seventies and eighties. Now, whether that went beyond that and actually came down to him saying, you know, Premier League, only Liverpool for me, I think that would be putting it too strongly and also ignore the realities of management, which mm -hmm. is really what is available to you. You know, he had an interview with Man United a year before. Mm -hmm. It got quite far. He was very tempted to take the job. Ultimately... He wasn't ready to leave Dortmund and ultimately he didn't believe in the vision put forward to him by Ed Woodward, mm -hmm. who sold the Klopp to him as an adult version of Disneyland and Klopp didn't find that so sexy. Is that a quote? Yes. <sighs> Is that, that sounds quite good to me, an adult version of Disneyland. <laughs> But, you know, Klopp, if somebody described Manchester was, City as that, you wouldn't join that. But maybe if it was in Disneyland? Maybe if it was in Salford, it's probably... Yeah, but you don't go to Disneyland for the food, do you? Anyway, I, I mean, do. it didn't I quite everywhere it didn't, for the food. <laughs> it didn't quite feel right to him. Yeah, um, but I, I think it'd be slightly disingenuous to say, you know, he's always just waiting for Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool. But the people around him and the people who saw what he did at Dortmund and mm. saw what he did at Mainz, two clubs that do play, you never walk alone before the games. Okay, and and make have made it a habit to create that energy with the whole city and and the crowd they understood that Liverpool as an idea would be a perfect fit for him. Yeah. But it still came down to timing and all these things that you needed to make okay. it happen. Moving on to the, the title run in now, Steve. I just did an estimate on the way in of how many points I think each team would get. And I had man you fed it into the supercomputer. It, into I think. the supercomputer that is my brain. Yes. As I rushed from the tube station late to the room, we'll be recording this. And I estimated, I estimated that Man City would get 12 or 13 points. Right. And that Liverpool would get 13. What is, what's your take on how it will go? Well, I th this is what I thought. I thought Man City would beat Palace, uh, maybe draw with Tottenham, beat Man United, beat Burnley, lose to Leicester, beat Brighton. Lose to Leicester? Yeah, because I think that there's always, at this time of the year... There was always an unexpected result, and people often think the unexpected result comes out of that. The well, actually, an expected result is a team fighting for against relegation. That is actually, in a way, an upset is 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 expected. But I think that the, I don't know. I just think that maybe Leicester, Leicester can still beat a team, and they were the ones that I picked there. I mean, it might be Palace. I can't see well, Burnley turning over. Man City. We've st we, we've we've had, we've struggled with Leicester. We've also struggled with Palace. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I think they're, the, they're the, actually good football teams. Yeah, they are good football teams, and you know, Leicester are having a bit of a, a spur, aren't they? With with um, with Rogers. That's why with I've, Rogers, I've gone with, with Klopp's that. predecessor. Um, I would I would say, I would look at United as well. Who's you know that that will be when they get beaten by Barcelona and Manchester United fans can enjoy this on Twitter after they dramatically beat Barcelona. But once they've been knocked out by Barcelona, that will be that will be their cup final, won't it? That'll be all that Manchester United have got to play for. I've, I thought that the start of the season, because it was a 
because of the, the players that Liverpool had bought, because of the fact that it's following a World Cup and always weird and hinky things happen after mm-hmm. a, a World Cup. I, I thought Liverpool would win the, the league and I, I still think Liverpool will win the league. So Is, is that a default a sort of... What is Pessim- that like betting against your team? Pessimism betting against your team. No, I, I no, I did I did think Liverpool would win the league and I thought that City might have a deeper run in the in the Champions League and maybe that will yeah. happen. I don't I, I don't know after the the first leg against Spurs. Liverpool have certainly got a better running. Yeah, a much thought, better running I and I thought they and might the, draw against Chelsea and then kept perfectly capable of winning the other four games. And they Cardiff, Huddersfield, Newcastle, Wolves. Now Wolves are the best team there. And watching them last year, uh, totally dominate in terms of style and performance in, in the, the championship. I would listen into phone-in shows at the start of this year and hear West Ham fans struggling to, to get a point on the board after five games, saying, we've got Wolves next week, so we should win that. Not a clue. No. They were so well set up yeah, last yeah. year. The, and then the team after them last season that have, that have maintained it this year, with Sheffield United, who are a very good team. I think um, if you go and game by game... I don't think any game. of those others, maybe Newcastle for Liverpool, maybe Rafa Benitez might cause an upset, but I don't think they've really got the players to do that no. this year. Um, so Chelsea and Wolves are the only two there, but I think I think they could draw Chelsea or Wolves and win the others. Well, it quite quite easily. I mean, Southampton, I thought, would be the one where Liverpool... Southampton away, I thought, would be the one that Liverpool would stumble against. And, you know, they've developed a habit of... They, they don't play... but they're not, They've not been playing particularly convincingly. Um, but, you know, late goals, late... You know, gifts in a way, the 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 Loris thing. You know, there's been a, a sort of a, a pattern. They've just found a way to to win, haven't they? And mm. and so you know, I I I'm not going to change from Liverpool, but obviously I'd be delighted if it was the other one. What do you think, Rafa? You're frowning. Uh, that's just my natural uh, <laughs> expression. Um, well, I I thought City have not looked as if they might drop any points since the Newcastle game, and I don't think they have, have they no. domestically? So. I still think that there's a way of the way they do win their games looks almost so or has looked almost so effortless. They've done a couple in second gear easily. Yeah, yeah, that it's hard to to think that they will drop too many more points. You don't the think they'll drop any points? Well, they haven't dropped any points since they lost on Tuesday. Beginning of January, I know it's not in the league, but yeah, they lost against well, Spurs, that is, who were they are going to play again? Almost that is the one thing that is encouraging I think for Liverpool to see that game and to see how Guardiola kind of lost it a little bit in in a big pressurized game for strange reasons that you think maybe they might have another wobble and one game in the league uh, that will count as a wobble and might the be thing, enough. The thing about Spurs as well is obviously England fans will be disappointed if Kane misses the summer uh, tournament but they actually did better the last time he was out for five games. Well, they, yeah. They won all five games. One was in Champions League, and I think it was against Dortmund, and the other four straight wins in the league with Son just really proving himself a perfectly capable centre-forward deputy. He plays better when he can play as a striker, Son. Yes, I agree. So that and, might uh, actually... City are vulnerable to counter-attacks and would rather play against Kane than, yeah. than Son, but still, you don't know what kind of shape Tottenham will arrive at. By the time they play. No. Uh, so, Rafa, who do you think league. will win the league? Well, unlike Steve, I've tipped City all along. I, I didn't think that Liverpool would be quite capable to challenge them to this extent. So mm. I'm surprised that Liverpool have been this consistent. I don't think the team was quite ready for it. 
I'm surprised at City, who've only dropped a little bit compared to where they were last year. I mean, it might be a difference of six points, which is really not a lot. Mm. Um, have actually opened the door ever so slightly. But it is only a race because Liverpool have been consistent to the point where it's kind of otherworldly. And if there wasn't City up against them, we'd be talking about one of the best teams ever in the mm. Premier League. It doesn't feel like that at the moment because, unfortunately yeah, yeah. for them, they have City in, in front of them. But Steve, Steve, are you happy that you're up against Liverpool for the title? Or would you have preferred oh, well, to be edging ahead of Manchester United rather than leaving them for dust? Oh, no, I, like the, I, I do enjoy leaving them for dust, yeah. Very mm. much so. So you prefer that than if they were... Yeah, neck but and I've neck got, with you, and then you won it. But I've got, to, I've got to say, I enjoyed having a cigar on, you know, in in sort of early April last year. That was absolutely delightful. Let, you know, don't let, well, you know, you will know, and, and and obviously you will know as a Bayern fan. It's it's, you know, when people say, "Oh, it's ruined the end of the season," this I thought it was, I thought it was marvelous. You know, <laughs> nothing to worry about at all. And then, of course, the the, the but then the, the the season was kind of. Ruined by the um, by the, the the terrible performance in the first leg against Liverpool, and 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 then obviously the bizarre uh, Manchester United comeback in the in the second half of the derby. With Guardiola at Bayern, it got to the point where you didn't have to watch the games anymore because yeah. you knew that Bayern were winning. Yeah, and that for 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 hardcore Bayern members, as strange as it sounds, was actually was paradise because <laughs> you could do something else on Saturday. That's great. I can't get... You don't have to worry about it. It's just... The the tension is gone. It's lovely. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the 442 Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe through iTunes and Spotify. Okay, I'm going to come on to the piece that you've written for the latest issue of uh, 442. And uh, and we got this in because I realised, once I'd looked through everything that was in, that we had No Man's City, which seems not yes. seen, given how, how well they're doing. And I gave you a call and I said, would you write a list of the best and worst things mm. that's happened? It's a great piece, Steve. It's, uh, Thanks. It's really set the tone. And, and we've had four or five others submitted by writers now, but it's a great template. It's basically an opportunity, I think, for a fan to have a little bit of fun uh, and, and name the, the highs and the lows of, of, of being a, a, a fan of a club. So I'm going to just pick you up on a few of them. Uh, away day food. I should explain, basically, there's a list of subjects and Steve has picked his best and worst. Away day food, Wembley Box Park. Well, I like the Wembley Box Park. I think it's a good new invention. 
Okay. Um, I think it Can you is. Explain what it is to people who haven't been there. So it's on Wembley Way. It's yes. on the right-hand side of Wembley Way. Um, and um, when you when you play at Wembley, um, you are either designated with the box park or with not. So I didn't have an opportunity to um, to go there on um, on Saturday because Brighton had it. Yeah. Um, and, um, and what is it? Is it containers? It's it's it's, it's a huge container full of street food. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's a it, for for people who are used to Wembley hot dogs and long queues and long waits, which actually has got quite a lot better. The fun experience yeah. inside the stadium is much better. The food experience is still pretty disappointing. And, um, but your you, worst, your worst is Lou Macari's chippy old traveller. Well, yeah. Is that just because just it's... for the name alone? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the idea of giving Lou Macari, who probably hasn't owned it since the mid nineteen seventies, has he? But I don't like the idea of giving Lou Macari any money. Okay, nickname. Do you remember what you wrote for this? Best. The best nickname. Yes. Who? What is the best nickname? Kiki's nickname. Oh, oh! So uh, we had a, we had a player called Kiki Masampa, and his nickname was Chris. Christmas Samper, which I thought was was superb, and we also had a player. I think the worst nickname um, was a guy called Michael Frontsek, who they um, who you you will know of, who was they nicknamed the Fonz, and he didn't look like the Fonz. He was a big bald fella, and he was certainly not cool. Um, and I, he was sent off in his first game for doing something really stupid. I don't think he even had a motorbike. Okay, quite interesting. Use your your favourite, well, the best opponent. So not your favourite, but the best opponent. Yes. That you chose was was an interesting choice. Do you remember who you went for? Who was this the best player? Best opponent. The best opponent. Go on, refresh my you memory. For, to be fair, you did write this eight weeks ago. Jermaine Defoe. Well, the all, Jermaine Defoe always seems to score against us. Always, no matter which team he played for, Wayne Rooney also seemed to score against us. That was largely for Manchester United, so I couldn't bring myself to say... list everybody always scored against us. Well, I know, in the old days, everybody always scored against us. But Jermaine Defoe, I reckon, it probably scored 10 or 11 times against us for a, a variety of different clubs. And was, and was a great player, you know. And your, your best cult hero... My best cult hero. Yeah. Did I put Mike Doyle for this or would No, he was hard man. Cult hero. Cult hero. Tony Coleman. Oh, Tony Coleman, yeah. Tony so he was a winger in the um in the side that won the uh the league uh in the late 60s and they also won the FA Cup and won the league cup the Joe Mercer and Malcolm Allison side. And Tony Coleman was. Do you remember that? Are you, no, it... I don't remember any of this, obviously. But I always, born in, I always, I always around that. I time. was born in 1967, so okay. yeah, I was born the 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 um the in the season at the start of the season where they where they won the league. Um, and um, Tony Coleman was great. He had tattooed knuckles. Yeah. I presume love and hate. Okay. Um, um, but he also had um, he also had um, I think he had sort of bluebirds on his hands. He had tattooed hands. Okay. And um, the last time I saw heard anything of Tony Coleman, I think he's still alive. But he he went to Australia, went to live in Australia. Mm-hmm. And the last time that I saw, he was famously chippy. He'd fallen out with Allison and Mercer yeah. and all of these people, and sort of his career had gone downhill. He went to live in Australia. And the last time I saw him was there was a brilliant interview with him about how much he hated Australia and Australians and how much he was dying to come back to, to Britain, which I thought was wonderful. He'd lived there for about 20 years.
And he went, I hate it here. I hate Australians. Great. Fair play. And your worst cult hero is Jamie Pollock. Yeah, Jamie Pollock was one of those people. You know those people who sort of clench their fist at the crowd and do that and go, come on, and there's absolutely nothing <laughs> like, about like you're them. you're not doing your part. And uh, yes, exactly. Or, you know, come on, and they, uh, they they try and, you know, rabble rouse. But, he, you know, he was he was a sort of fake cult hero. Inexplicably popular, I thought, Jamie Pollock. And, of course, he, he, he sort of relegated us, didn't he, in the... Um, uh, to the third division, he, he, there was a sort of chip and header that he did in the in the game against uh, QPR, um, which sort of puts down in the third division. Yeah, it was an amazing own goal. It's a, one of the great own goals. That that the Lee Dixon one, the yeah. the chip is yeah. amazing. But the the sheer stupidity of what Jamie Pollock is doing is just remarkable. Thanks for that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he'll be pleased. He's a he's a big listener. Is he? But now coming on to Rafa, he's quite a, he's quite we a big talk, lad now as well. Actually, we will talk more about your book. Okay, now I think the the, the thing with Klopp, bring the noise by Rafa Honigstein is Klopp is one of those managers like Wenger, like Clough, that you or like Bill Shankly perhaps that you would probably get over your your sort of club loyalties and, uh, and enjoy reading because he's a, an interesting uh, manager who transcends sort of club loyalties. Can you tell me something that? Uh, I won't know and the reader won't know before they read that they'll get from this. Was, was, was there in, well, for instance, in the latest issue of 442, the front cover story is by Andy Mitten on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And Andy reveals in there that after every game, Solskjaer meets with Alex Ferguson. It's only a sentence. It's not a big deal. But I found that fascinating just to f- to check in and get a bit of instant feedback or maybe a bit of reassurance. What did you find out whilst you were writing and researching this book? Was there anything that really surprised you? Um, that is the question I always get asked by people who haven't read the book. You just want to go straight to the best <laughs> bit, you know? It's not, not necessarily the best bit, but was there anything that genuinely was a surprise? I can't tell you about sort of one thing, you know, that he, I don't know, uh, listens to Tibetan monk chants or anything really outstanding in in that sense but what I did find surprising most of all was how hard it was for me to find people who didn't like him who had even a, a bad thing to say about him on so the record. if he joined Manchester United that would have been a lot easier. <laughs> maybe maybe but I knew that there were plenty of players that he had f- big fallouts with and they were yep. shouting at each other for example him and Mats Hummels in the last season at Dortmund really did not get on yep. and they would often have to be almost separated on the training pitch because fists were about to be flying through the air but even him he Klopp has a way of of departing of of you know of, of moving on but the people left behind still feel really close to him mm-hmm. and really respect him really like him and I think that is a very very unusual thing in football because even the heroes, even the big stars, you will find almost under any stone someone who will tell you either that they're overrated or they're stupid or they're false, they're liars. You know, it's not difficult to find these people. But what about his contemporaries? With him, it was very, managers? very difficult to find anyone. There's one guy who's sort of known for having said something bad about him. And he said to me, look, I'm sorry, but I don't want to go in your book because I'm already known in Germany as the one guy who doesn't like Jürgen Klopp <laughs> and actually it's not that? personal uh, I can't I can't tell you uh, but it's not personal for him he had a disagreement with him on a footballing 
yeah. level and made that public when he was at Mainz, uh, but didn't want to sort of go back into being the, the labeled forever as the one number one Klopp is, opponent. Can I just ask, is there a, is, after Liverpool, is there a job for him in Germany? There's any job he wants in Germany. Really? So including maybe being the federal president of Germany. Okay. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not. I'm not joking because it's a representative role. He's not yeah. the head of government. That's the chancellor. If you really? were to Is stand, that popular? yeah. If you were to stand tomorrow, he'd he'd win. I'm sure, um, because he is seen as maybe sort of the biggest German star. Okay, that's that we have at the moment. He's he's the guy that everyone likes. Lothar Matthäus the other day was talking about the fact that when he comes off air doing German Sky, doing the Bundesliga, the first question he asks is, you know, what did Liverpool do? Everyone mm -hmm. feels that he represents Germany and he represents German football and everyone looks up to him. I wonder if it's because he doesn't actually come across like a German. <laughs> uh, that is a back, <laughs> backhanded compliment joking. if ever I've heard one. Um, no, I'm joking. Yeah, like, I know I what you mean. What I know what you mean. I mean, I mean, I think with him, it's a function type of yes. Germans is quite austere, serious, very professional, very organized. And he comes across very lively, very passionate, very uh, just, you know, he'll respond on the spur. Yeah. You know, and he's he's like, I think that's why people like him who don't. But then again, the other just quickly, I want to end on this one last thing. I'm reading a lot of Man United fans saying they'd rather... Man City win the league than than Liverpool. Yes, that, that's quite a common thing. In in when when I go back to Manchester, that's that's but what they the, hate that's what Liverpool United. more than they hate Man City. Yeah, they really hate. Man, plus, plus, they've seen you know they're used to Man City winning the league now, aren't they? So you know, yeah, this, when is, it this is this is something that has happened. Whereas Liverpool, I think they would like to get to the thirty years and and beyond, yeah. wouldn't they? Okay, well, look, it's been great talking to you both, Steve. Anglesey and do you actually write about Man City anywhere else or are you just No, I write about mostly I write about Brexit now in the New European. A great publication I think. And uh Rafa is the Rafa Honigstein is the author of Clock Bring the Noise. Thanks for coming in. The latest issue of 442 is out now. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for our Spotify and iTunes and you can follow us on Twitter at 442 and until next time goodbye. <laughs>